commitment to God. Psalm 63, verses 1 to 8. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied with the richest of foods. With singing, my lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. I quite like this psalm. It's, there's a lot in it. There's a lot in it. This psalm is about commitment to God. And the psalmist is encouraging the believer to acknowledge, experience and ponder the things of God, which, at the end of the day, folks, are the building blocks of a deeper relationship, the building blocks of a greater commitment. And as a result, believers will experience the lifestyle that we read about in scriptures or in the scriptures and the Christian lifestyle that we dream about. And I, I get it. I understand. I dream of a better Christianity for myself. And I pray about that. And hopefully, although with me it's very slow, but hopefully I can plod along and I put one foot in front of the other. And I hope that my maturity in Christ is a bit further along the track than what it was this time last year or this time in 2020. And I think as Christians we need to be aware of our Christianity. You know, it's a bit like a metre, you know, like here you've got zero, here you've got ten, like where where am I? Am I just like a one or a two or am I hovering around nine and a half? Like, you know, read the scriptures not just for the knowledge but for the lifestyle. Many people, you know, many people claim to believe in God and others say that they're Christians and they've been born again and Lots of other people say that they have accepted God. But how many people actively seek God? How many actively seek God? How many of us make deliberate moves, not only to find God, but to actually seek him? What does it say in the book of Revelation about knocking on the door? We need to get to know God and to understand him. We need to try to understand 
or get to know how does God think? What is God's thinking? You know, in some, in some aspects, it's easy. What's God's thinking on drunkenness? Well, that's easy, isn't it? We know, we know that. And, and, you know, there's a whole list in Galatians 5, the list of don'ts, and then if you read down, you've got the list of do's. But how can we get to know and understand God in other aspects? What does God think about, you know, when he sees our thought life, for instance? You know, like, where are we at with that? What does God think about our response to a grumpy neighbour? Or, you know, I was going through a roundabout the other day, had to shove the brakes on, this guy just cut across in front of me. I was the one that had the right away. Like, I didn't say, I went like that, you know, like. <laughs> when we look around this world, we don't see much evidence for belief in God. How many times on the news do you see anything there about belief in God? Occasionally you see some, like, stuff that's against Christianity. You know, oh, such and such a church did this. You know, they paint Christianity to be bad or to have a bad name. But people have become self-satisfied and self-motivated. And today, sadly, life's about number one, looking after number one. When I was really little, my mother was my Sunday school teacher, along with a few other kids. Anyway, she had a flannel graph. Does anyone know what a flannel graph is? Yeah. You get this like flannelette, you know, like flannelette sheets. You get this flannelette sheet and you wrap it around a bit of cardboard or plywood. And then um, you've got these cutout figures with a bit of flannelette on the back and they just stick on and you can just... It's like a 3D blackboard. Anyway, one day my mum puts on the flannel graph the word joy... J-O-Y. But she wrote it down. It was written down. And it stood for J for Jesus comes first. And I can see Joan is nodding here. Joan's also a Sunday school teacher. And O is for others and Y is for yourself. And that, that will bring joy to your life. If you put Jesus first, if you put others second, and if you put yourself last... You know, it will bring you so much joy. It really will. And it's such a simple acronym. But so much. It's all about me. It's all about my happiness. And don't get me wrong, I do care about others. And I want to make a difference in the world. And I do care for my family. And I do care for my loved ones. But so often, our needs and our desires come first. And then God and others seem to come second. This is a seriously bad attitude. We need to rethink our priorities 
And we need to confess to God our wrong thinking and our wrongdoing. A few years ago, you might remember, when was it? I can't remember. But a few years ago, we had our drought. Remember that big drought we went through? Like, was it eight years or something? Or I can't remember. And then the rain came all at once, didn't it? And half Victoria was underwater. Remember when we went through that drought, Australia became thirsty. And it was so bad that the government put in pipelines to carry water to cities and desalination plants to turn salt water into fresh. But then the rain came back again. How thirsty for God are you? Are you satisfied where you are right now? You know, like as the deer pants for the water? Like, is that you? Um, Are you looking for some sort of refreshment from God? All too often we look for refreshment to satisfy the flesh, but God offers refreshment to satisfy the whole being, not just the flesh. The body, the mind, the soul and the spirit. The psalmist says that his whole being, his whole being belongs to God. His whole being belongs to God. And the psalmist says that God's love is even better than life. Certainly better than life here on the planet. (laughs) And although on the surface this might seem a little unrealistic, but when you stop and think about what life is really about and how long life actually is, the equation begins to change along with the answers. We tend to think that life is around about 70 plus. Got to be careful what I say. I'm heading in that direction myself. (laughs) But we do. We tend to think that life is 70 plus. Well, the Bible says three score and ten. That's 70 years, isn't it? But in actual fact, life is eternal. Life is eternal. And for those of us that have accepted Christ, we've began our eternity. We've began our eternity. Starts here, finishes there. The psalmist is encouraging us to look at the bigger picture. He wants us to see our relationship with God based on more than 70 plus years. This is why we're being encouraged. This is why we're being encouraged to glorify God with lips and to lift our hands in worship. And this is about life commitment. It's not about 70 plus year commitment. It's about a life commitment. And the psalmist says that 
satisfaction with God is better than the best foods. And I don't know if you've eaten out at fancy places or not. But when I was in my 20s, um, my sister-in-law's partner took us out to dinner. Wow. What a swanky place that was. He was some rich dude, dabbled in the stock market. We went down to somewhere in Turak Road. And this restaurant, we, you go in the door and then you go downstairs. There's two restaurants, one at ground level, but the one downstairs was like, wow. I'm sitting there checking out the menu. And the waitress comes along and shoves a cigar in my mouth. Whoa. Then she lit it for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then every time I, I put the ash, you know, the ash fell in the ashtray, she took it away and she got a clean ashtray every time. I thought, man, she must be looking for a tip. <laughs> And the food was like, oh, I don't know, something out of MasterChef. It was crazy. Never went back. I never got shouted. It cost a lot of money, in those, even in those days. But this psalmist is saying that his relationship with God is even better than the best food. He, this psalmist is even putting his taste buds and his stomach second to God. Is that like fasting and praying? It is a bit, isn't it? Sort of the same sort of thing. I reckon this is dedication to the highest degree. And this is why the psalmist is singing the praises of God. But how far do we go? How far do we go? I hear you saying, this is a tough call, but remember to think beyond your earthly life. Our relationship and time with God is everlasting. Commit now and commit deeply and commit and commit committing deeper to God becomes a win-win situation for everyone involved. For the church, even for yourself, for the church and for your eternity. I like at the end of this psalm, the psalmist pondered the things of God when he was laying in bed. Have you ever done that? Jump into bed, Head hits the pillow and you start to ponder the things of God. It's good. You know, it's that quiet place. And out of this comes thoughts, prayers, yearnings, visions and dreams. And these are times when God can speak to us. These are times when growth and maturity come. These are times when we are reminded of the scriptures and and how they can change our lives. 
These are times when our reflection of God causes us not only to stand in awe of him, but even to yield to him more and more and more. The psalmist thinks of God when he's on the night watch. In my railway days, I worked three shifts around the clock. And there would be me walking down the railway yard at half past two in the morning. The frost is coming down. I'm examining a train. And here I am whistling, what a friend we have in Jesus. They could hear me all over the place. I even took the Lord to work with me when I was on the night watch. This brings a kind of a satisfaction to the soul and a reminder of a strong commitment. And this is why God, this is why the psalmist clings to God. And this is why the psalmist is upheld by God, because he develops the relationship. He doesn't let it slide. How many times have you woken up for some strange reason in the middle of the night? You think, well, I better pray. Better have some prayer. I better pray for people. Better pray for my neighbour or a sick rally or whatever. It happens sometimes, doesn't it? You get woken up by God. I know it happens to Shirley a bit, she told me. This style of relationship is also good for us as well. If we determine to yield to earthly and fleshly desires, then we too can experience God on a much deeper level than we do now. And we must, I know we must live on the planet. The Bible says, be, um, what's it say? Live, live in the world, but don't be doers. Something like that. We do, we have to live, don't we? We need to go to work, we need to go to the supermarket or grow a veggie or whatever we need to do. And at the end of the day, the planet was made for us. But we should never participate in the things that unbelievers participate in. And in many ways, this is the message that Pete brought to us at communion. So don't busy up your life so much that you fail to ponder and relate the things of God. But be upheld by God. Don't be upheld by your own efforts or don't be upheld by the efforts of somebody else. But be upheld by the efforts of God. You know, if you're not sure how to do that, just open your Bible. Just open your Bible. Even go home today and read Psalm 63 again. And let that, those verses build something into you about the character of God. Everybody has a character of some sort. or We all, we all have different characteristics. 
and, and people are known by their characteristics to some extent. But we need to understand the characteristics of God. And when you begin to understand God a bit, you think, wow, this relationship's actually not too bad, you know. You could read the Gospels, read the four Gospels. I say this all the time, read the four Gospels in four days. You'll see the characteristics of Jesus. And he said, what you see me doing, when you see me doing that stuff, you see the Father. They're of the same mind. But we must acknowledge God. We must experience God. We must ponder the things of God. When we change our thinking to a relationship that, a relationship that is beyond 70 years, we will go deeper in God. Take greater steps of faith and your works for God will have a greater impact on a world, folks, that is going the wrong way. And believe me, the world is going the wrong way. You don't have to be Einstein to figure out that the rapture is just around the corner. It's not rocket science. The Bible says, here's the list of things to look out for. They're called signs. We see the news and we see the signs and we go, wow. These doors might be locked next, next Sunday, who knows? I might not be here to unlock them. We might be having a party in heaven. There are some applications in life that are high risk and high gain. But a deep relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is one of leaps of faith coupled with high gain and, folks, the eternal prize. That is the one I'm after. The eternal prize. Don't delay. Go all the way. Commit today. Do you like that? I thought of that. (laughs) Don't delay. Go all the way. Commit today. Give God your whole life and experience total life change as you begin to put him first. Amen. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church. If you Google Wattle City Church, you'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and a whole bunch of other platforms. Feel free to listen. We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to. We praise God and we pray blessings upon you in Jesus' name. Amen.